A while back, the filmmaker Misha Green wrote this short piece of prose that's a revealing insight into the way she writes. I'll read a quick extract, and Misha, if you're listening, apologies in advance if I mess up the delivery. It read, A long time ago, back when I was just a disillusioned film student, an exec asked me what one of my scripts was about. I said, Desert Heat, Fast Cars and Broken Girls. He asked me if it was based on my life, a true story. I told him it wasn't. He told me it would be better if it was. Flash forward to now. When someone asks if I ever lived in a rundown, middle of nowhere desert town in New Mexico and drove a midnight black 68 Chevelle, they're asking because they thought my screenplay was just so real. That need for adventure, the eagerness for vicarious fulfillment. So I spin a story. Sometimes the answer is no, but more and more often the answer is yes. We're all liars, all of us writers, us storytellers, but it's those lies that help us find the truth. You know, I think it's exactly, in a, in a weird way, I mean, I wrote that ages ago, and it's not even storytellers, just human beings. We're all liars, and we're all just, we're living our lives through narrative, and we're going out, and we're saying, this is my story, but that's not necessarily your story. I think we have the story we give to the world, and then we have our inner story that's the true story. That voice you just heard is Misha who explains that this storytelling philosophy underpins pretty much everything she writes. It was there in Lovecraft Country, her monstrously compelling HBO show set in 1950s America, emphasis on monstrous. It was also there in Underground, the tense TV thriller that she created about Antebellum Georgia. It's a pretty safe bet that you'll also find it in the much-anticipated Tomb Raider and Black Canary blockbusters that she's been working on of late. Whatever it is she's working on, it all comes back to a core belief for Misha, that there's a gap between the person that we want the world to perceive us as and the person that we truly are. My aim is something that I think Zadie Smith articulated well. She's like, I just want it to be truer than the last time. And I feel like that's what I do when I write. I'm like, I just want to move closer to that real inner truth we all have that we try to hide from the world. I'm Al Horner, and coming up on How I Write, a podcast about the highs, lows, and workflows of screenwriting, Misha Green explains why she loves to write stories set in yesterday that say something about today. We also get into the places she goes to in search of story inspiration, the vital lesson about writing scene descriptions that she learned from Point Break, and how a series like Lovecraft Country is written, from outline to the finish line. Even though my things that I've done have been set in the past, it's very much about the present. I'm very much telling stories about trying to find the truth right now. So I feel like the social commentary that's in my pieces find it in there because I'm just trying to find something that's true about right now and what we're going through and what we're feeling. That's all to come today on How I Write, presented by Arc Studio Pro, the screenwriting software that lets writers stay focused on the stories they're trying to tell on the page. Get your free trial today to check out its intuitive design, seamless real-time collaboration features, excellent outlining functions, and easy-to-use import and export capabilities. More on those guys later, but now, with no further ado... Hi, I'm Misha Green, and this is how I write. I got a dollhouse when I was like seven. I played all the roles with my, my pieces. You collect them. I had a police academy house, which was really weird. Why I had a police academy one, I don't know, but I used to play incessantly with those things. And my sister, she would always be like, you know, you're just talking to yourself, right? Like, this is weird. Like you're doing this for hours. And 
now I can see, I'm like, oh, I was already doing the storytelling thing then when I was just playing Dollhouse. Misha has come a long way since those early days, playing with her Police Academy dollhouse. Today, she's one of Hollywood's most in-demand voices and an expert crafter of what she describes as stories of physical and metaphorical survival. I'm kind of obsessed with that. What are we as humans willing to do to survive? And that's physically, because I, I love horror, I love intense you know, like the Revenant is, that's the kind of shit that's written for me. Cause I'm like, and now there's a bear. Oh my God, what's next? What's happening? It's drama, you know? And so I think that, and then metaphorical, it's like, what do we do to protect ourselves? What lies do we tell? What people do we seek out? What narratives do we tell about ourselves for survival? So I think that's the connective tissue. It's the intensity of what it means to survive. One thing that really stands out about Misha's work is the way that she employs genre as a way of tackling important real-life concerns from a different perspective. Lovecraft Country, for example, filtered America's history of racial inequality through fantastical tales of monsters and malevolent beasts. Underground, meanwhile, was pitched as a heist thriller in which, as she told one interviewer, the heist just happens to be enslaved people who are stealing the most important thing in the world, their bodies. It's a storytelling habit forged in formative experiences watching Jurassic Park and Alien as a girl growing up in the suburbs of Sacramento. I think it's the metaphor for me. Like I said, I like drama, so it just heightens everything. I feel like you add a monster to the thing and suddenly it's not just emotional drama, it's that physical side as well. And I think with thrillers, it's the bomb under the table. You just want it to go off and you're waiting and it's, it's exciting to me to be like, let's surprise ourselves. That's what I like when I write stories. I like to be surprised. So it's always going, where is the true place that we never would have thought to go, but is obviously the only place to go there. And I think that that's easier to do in genre than it is just in straight drama. So that's why I gravitate toward it. And it's just fun. Okay. So how do you actually go about writing a story of physical and metaphorical survival that may or may not feature monsters, but will definitely feature insights on the world we live in today? Well, for Misha, it usually begins with a spark. This spark, she says, can come from anywhere. It can come from a book, as happened with Lovecraft Country. It can also come from history, a piece of the past that reveals something about today. In adaptation, how did the idea comes is something in that book sparks you. And then it makes you go, okay, oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. So I think it's about, you know, and that for me, outside of Matt's amazing book, it's the same with Underground was history history sparks you. You go back and you read stuff. And I'm like, I can't make this up. This is a heist thriller. Like it's what you read enslaved narratives talking about their own lives. And you're just like, so y'all went to plantation dances. These are people, there's whole lives, there's things happening in this world. So I feel like, where do I get my inspiration? I'm just really good at being like, Ooh, that's dope. Let's keep that. Now let's add on to that with this and this and this and then do this. Like, I feel like that's the spark for me always is something little that I go, huh, that's intriguing. And then you chase it down. It can often take some time for that spark to become a story, simmering in the back of Misha's imagination until her subconscious uncovers a rich narrative idea to wrap around it. That was certainly the case for Lovecraft Country. 
I let it sit forever in my head and I just keep pulling. I'm like, it's little things, collection. It's like you have the spark and you don't really know what it is yet. You're like, I want to do something. Like even with adaptation, you have to, it's different medium. So you have to find what it is. And I, you know, I was like, I know I love genre. I know I love black people, but what is it? What is Lovecraft country? And then you sit with it, you read, you do the research on sundown towns, you listen to some music from the time. And then you start to go, oh, it's a family story. Yeah, there's monsters, but this is a family story. Okay, it's a family story. Families, families, Black people, families, generational trauma. Ooh, I don't want to talk about generational trauma. And I feel like the minute I go, ooh, I don't want to do that, that's where I know to go. The place that I go, ooh, no, I don't want to go there. And then I have to go, okay, now go there. That's, that's the morsel, that's what's intriguing, that's the thing that needs to be told, that needs to be unpacked. If you've seen Lovecraft Country, which is so full of intention in what it wants to say about America's racial divides, you might have guessed that next in Misha's process is sitting down and working out what this thing is actually about, the message or thesis of the show or movie. The truth is, it's a much more gradual process than that. Misha may begin with a sense of what she wants to express, but through writing and rewriting, new themes will unearth themselves and work their way into the story. I think that I have to work it out first. I think that it has to come with a thought to the page. Like there's a feeling that starts, but then through the outlining, through the rewriting, through all of that, it solidifies. So it's like the thesis solidifies over the course of working on the thing. And then I think with TV writing too, you bring in other people's opinions. So it's not just you talking about a thing. It's a whole group of people sitting around a table being like, let's work this out. Let's move through it. Armed with a premise, a few characters, and a feeling that she's striving for in the material, Misha then begins outlining. This is normally an iterative, instinctive process in which she assembles lots of pieces and begins to move them around continually until they click. It's interesting. It's ever evolving. I think that it's it's different every time, but there's a similar thing. I think, 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 write notes by hand, type up those notes, organize those notes, discard those notes. <laughs> Cause I'm like, ah, who cares about all that? Then I just start to go, well, this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens. Then you go back and you go, actually this can happen. This happened, this happened, this happened. You go back and do that again. And then you go, Ooh, that works. I, I do extensive outlines. Like the Tomb Raider two outline I did was 56 pages, you know, which is basically half the movie already written. And so I do that work there so that when I can get to the draft, the draft happens in like a week and a half. Cause I'm like, I did all of it. Now I'm just got to put it in order so you guys can all read it, but it's done. As a showrunner, unlike when she's feature writing, Misha will have a writer's room to help devise the season of TV ahead, where the plot will go, the big surprises in store, the emotional journeys its characters will embark upon over the next however many episodes. Having collaborators around her doesn't really change the end goal for Misha, which is creating a story that goes to uncomfortable places in search of something truthful and real. That Zadie Smith thing. Her job in the room, she says, is often just ushering people in that direction. The way I like to work in a writer's room, it, it can be a push-pull because 
I like to move towards the scary thing. Not everyone likes to move towards the scary thing. So I think that can be a little back and forth because it's like, I don't want to go there. I, I don't want to do that. Whereas I'm always, I always want to go there. Let's go. I like the secrets. I like the things that we don't want to talk about. I want to excavate those things. It's uncomfortable until you start doing it all the time. And then you're like, oh, it's not that comfortable. And then uncomfortable. You notice to, to recognize it. I know now to be like, oh, that's it. That now let's go in that direction. And then it becomes exciting for me. That's one of the things too, in a writer's room, I'm like, what did you just say? Go deeper. What is that? What's just happened there? That's intriguing to me. That's the mystery, the investigation. That's where we're all Agatha Christie, like people where I'm just like, Ooh, tell me more about that. Still to come, why Misha writes chronologically, tearing through scenes at a fast pace and fixing later. Why at every point in her story she's asking, are the stakes high enough for my characters? And the screenwriting rule that she loves to break again and again. But first, a word about Arc Studio Pro. Screenwriting to me is all about immersion. I want to stay immersed in that dreamy, fantasy state while I weave my story and craft my characters. I don't want to be distracted by anything and I certainly don't want to be thinking about text formatting. Arc Studio understands that. It's so intuitive, it has a minimal and dare I say beautiful interface that allows me to stay focused on the story I'm trying to tell on the page. If you like to work with a writing partner, well, good news, Arc Studio Pro has seamless real-time collaboration, kind of similar to Google Docs, which allows you and whoever you're working with to stay literally and figuratively on the same page. Importing and exporting other formats like PDF and final draft files is easy. And best of all, it has an always free plan meaning you can sign up today and start writing. To take your screenwriting to the next level, visit arcstudiopro.com. Click the link in today's show notes to find out more. Okay, back to the conversation. Something you need to know about Misha is she writes chronologically. Not all writers do, but for Misha there's something logical about beginning with page one and moving through the story as your audience is going to experience it. Oh, and speaking of page one, If you want to read a masterclass in grabbing your audience's attention with the opening page of a script, I heartily recommend tracking down Misha's pilot for Lovecraft Country, which features on page one, Jackie Robinson hitting a giant tentacled monster with a baseball bat in the middle of a violent war zone. All on page one. If that doesn't get your audience's attention, nothing will. What do you have to achieve on that first page? Get the person to turn the page to the next page. You know what I mean? I feel like it's always different. For Lovecraft Country, I wanted to make a statement. I wanted to say, this is not going to be what you think. So I think that was my aim there to to say, this is the treaties for the show. We're going to do a lot of crazy shit and you're going to be on board. And here we go. From this moment on, Misha is constantly making sure that there's real jeopardy to the story that her characters aren't invincible heroes inoculated from harm. She wants her protagonist to suffer, for the stakes to feel real. As Misha so eloquently puts it, if it's bad for the character, it's good for the audience. At least for me, I always want that intensity. I always want it to feel dangerous. Like if it's not feeling dangerous, like I watched a ton of blockbusters and prep for writing, because that's another thing I do is I write, watch movies in the realm of what I'm doing. And I was just like, 
where's the danger? Where's the real stakes? Like, where do we, it's like a bunch of superheroes who you know where it's never going to get hurt. Nothing is ever going to happen for them. And I feel like for me, I'm always looking for that place of how do we make sure we understand that this is dangerous, that you could lose your life, that the stakes are the highest and it's never going to just be everything's working out. Yay! When it comes to writing scenes, one thing you'll notice if you read Misha's screenplays is she's really not afraid to be descriptive in her scene descriptions. She really paints a picture in a way that isn't always encouraged in screenwriting books and classes. Take, for example, her Lovecraft Country scripts. She'll often describe fear clinging to a character, or a look on someone's face that's as serious as a heart attack. The screenwriting community is full of people who'll advise you against writing quote-unquote unfilmables into your screenplay anything that's not a literal action. For Misha though, these small moments of literary flair kind of take you somewhere. They establish a mood. It's an exercise in rule breaking that she learned from a surf action heist movie classic, Point Break. But that wasn't the only script that changed her life and continues to guide her approach to writing scenes today. Fucking amazing. Has lines like vampire morning. You're just like, I know what a vampire morning looks like. Oh my God. That was one of the first ones I was like, oh, we're doing more than saying two people in a room. Um, the lost scripts. That was the first time Damon scripts that there was cursing. And I was like, Ooh, you can curse in scripts in action description. You can be like, it's fucking amazing in the action description. I want that. I love that the alien script, just the way that Walter Hill did that script. You're just like, Oh, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Like we say, we say screenwriting formatting. Yes, you should assimilate that, but then you have to make it your own. You have to go. And I remember, you know, when I first started out, people were like, Oh, you're really writing a lot in your scripts. Like you don't have to write this much. And I'm like, okay, but I've seen what your episodes look like and I've seen what my episodes look like. So I'm going to keep doing that because I do. I think it just helps everyone visualize, start to go, oh, this is what this is before you even get to production. Once Misha has completed a first draft, usually in just a week or two, because so much of the creative heavy lifting was already done in outlining, she'll start rewriting. That rewriting process kind of never ends. Someone I can't remember said writing is rewriting. And I do think that's the thing. I think a lot of people go, okay, I've got this draft. Let's make a movie. And you're like, "Uh uh-huh. On the 50th version of this draft, we'll make a movie. Once you've written that first draft, it no longer. And sometimes even before that, where people are like, we want to give notes on outlines and stuff. So it's, it's, it's all, everything has to be worked. But I don't think there's a done. There's never a done. You finish the script and then you go into production and then you redo what you're doing in editing. It's all a process of writing. I think, I think you're, you're making a movie three times when you finish a script to go into production in production and then in the editing room. So it's always continuous. And then you put it out in the world and then you're like, Oh, well now it's out in the world. Is it done? I don't know if it's done, but it's out in the world. Now we don't have any more time. Now, if you're listening to this, the likelihood is you already know that the process of writing and rewriting can be tough as you desperately try to make the plot and characters sparkle as brightly as possible on the page. Misha says that she knows that feeling well, but that it's a process she can't help but love anyways. There's a magic to it. Creating characters, 
getting to know them intimately, and gradually discovering that they're beginning to write the story with you, directing you where your script needs to go next. It's something she says that as writers, it's important we remember. I love to write. I can write all day. I can break story all day. That's my favorite part. Like the magic of seeing it come alive on the page when the characters really start talking to you and you're just like, <laughs> this is great. That's so funny what you just said. Yeah, um, that's my favorite part. That's the joy in it for me. So what's the feeling like at the end of all this? When a script is finished and when Misha's done bringing it to life on screen, in case I haven't mentioned, she's also a talented director as well as a writer, but that's a story for another podcast. Having gone to the scary place, as she puts it, that part of herself that's uncomfortable but contains an important truth, does Misha experience catharsis when a show like Lovecraft Country airs? Yes, I think I got a sense of catharsis, but it was short-lived because I think that Lovecraft at the end of the day turned out to, because you're moving through it and you're working through it, it turned out to be a lot about rage. And so I think there was a lot of catharsis on the rage side of that and the, the rage of generational trauma and what it means to be black in America. But then at the same time, you end Lovecraft and you're like, they still kind of won. Like, like they still kind of won. So it's, 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 it's a short-lived catharsis, but you move through it and you keep, you keep molding the story and letting it see where it takes you. But is it cathartic? It depends on if you get the answer you want, right? <laughs> Misha Green is a writer, director and producer best known for HBO's incredible Lovecraft Country. Her other credits include Heroes, Sons of Anarchy, Underground, an upcoming Netflix action thriller called The Mother, and Tomb Raider 2, which as someone who grew up playing those games, I'm personally very hyped about. You've been listening to How I Write, hosted by me, Al Horner, with production by Camille Demeck. Music comes from Oliver Knowles, our theme song is by Nefetz. How I Write is brought to you by Arc Studio Pro. Get your free trial today by visiting arcstudiopro.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.